how words start out as one thing, or not even a thing at all, and then become an actual or significant and almost overused word. It's me, Cindy. Take Google. It wasn't even a word when the college boys attached it to their clever search engine. And now it's not just a noun, and a proper noun at that, but a verb that could be conjugated. I Google you, he, we, she, they Google. Yesterday I Googled, today and tomorrow, and the next day I'll Google again and again and again and again. And due to being used at least as much, if not more these days, how about Zoom? Originally, it was probably best categorized as an onomatopoeia. If you don't know how to spell that, you can Google it. Onomatopoeia, which you may have learned in school and then forgotten, is what you call a word that is a sound, like whoosh or splat or sizzle. Fun, right? So Zoom started out alongside or alphabetically a little behind whoosh, but has now jumped the vocabulary shark right into the same noun, proper noun, verb, multi-category as Google. Fascinating, right? Equally as fascinating, if you like history, is that Zoom had its earliest beginning back in 1987, when first-year college student Eric Yuan was taking a 10-hour train ride to visit his girlfriend and looking for an easier way to see her. He took his idea with him through a few decades of tech gigs, till he finally formed his own company and launched the software. The original name, Sasby, was changed pretty quick. Zoom launched in January of 2013 and within a month had 400,000 users. By February 2020, it was up to 2.22 million users. A month later, coinciding with the COVID lockdown, it climbed to 10 million. And by April, some reports have it being used by over 200 million of us. Not surprising, given that most of us probably do at least occasional, if not frequent, Zoom meetings, classes, conferences, workshops, or whatever else is functional or just fun. What is surprising is that more people aren't more savvy yet, and that there doesn't seem to be any sort of formalized or mutually agreed-upon code of conduct. Of course, that absence of rules sure makes it a hilarious experience. It's like the Wild West of teleconferencing with clowns. But I think we'd benefit from having a little how-to Zoom handbook. Your basic rules. Take this meeting I had this week. It was one of those you got to take seriously and table all the horsing around I would normally do to entertain myself. I rein it in pretty well. But sometimes it gets too funny and I got to work hard not to laugh out loud because that could be misinterpreted. And as every one of them seems to, this one also began with who was able to see who and hear or not hear. In most meetings, I find the first few minutes has lots of lips moving, no sound, disembodied voices. Can you see me? I can see you. Before everyone who's going to be there is there and they've all figured out Zoom for now. So the how to Zoom handbook, I think we'd have to start with the basics. One, learn how to sign on, how to get your video working, how to turn on your speakers, and how to turn on and how to mute your microphone. Okay, this meeting, we have a dozen and a half people on that Brady Bunch screen, and the chairperson is deep into explaining an idea, and ring, ring, hello? Oh, yeah, how are you? One of the people on the call is taking another call, and we're all yelling, mute your mic! Only we're all mostly muted, so we're all just mouthing, mute your mic. And of course, she can't hear us, but we can hear her, and she's not seeing us because she's got her head down and talking low as though she knows a meeting is going on. And finally, she hangs up, and I've got my hand casually over my mouth to try to cover up for how hard I am trying not to laugh because everybody else can also see me. So there was that. And then once there's more of a conversation going and the mics are not all being muted, there's this peppering of a wild variety of cell phone rings and dings and pings created something of a soundtrack for the rest of the Zoom meeting. Alternately distracting. 
I would refer back to our Zoom handbook to reiterate, mute your mic when you're not talking, and let's add, if your mic is on, silence your cell phone, please. What's missing with Zoom is the real-time ability for conversations to have a more normal rhythm. The walkie-talkie thing that cuts out all but one voice at a time, it creates a lot of, no, you got, no, you got, which is also clipped. But until such a time as that is sorted out, can we make rule number two of good Zoom etiquette, raise your hand to comment? I know that for some of us, it's got that creepy, I'm back in school feeling. Sometimes I want to hold my arm up and wave it, hey, which of course amuses me to no end. I blame my heightened level of immaturity and acknowledge it may get on some people's nerves, but it sure makes my life more fun. Anyway, the raising a hand or an arm puts added responsibility on whoever the leader or moderator is to keep an eye out, but it would make the discussions more organized. In that same meeting, I noticed a lot of things people were doing were, well, not what you'd be doing in a face-to-face meeting, like somehow being on the computer, even though there's a camera on you and you're looking at the monitor, removes the concern for social behavior. Take yawning. If you're alone, you might not always cover your mouth, but if you're with others, you do, so nobody has to stare into the dark cavern of your throat or observe your dental work. So let's make this rule number three. The camera, essentially, puts you at the table with others on the screen. Cover your mouth or turn away if you're going to yawn. Maybe reconsider taking a big swill from your giant water bottle. Keep your personal grooming personal. We can see you. I have to remind myself of that. Not because I'm ever going to subject anyone to examining my tonsils, but because I need to constantly monitor whatever expression my face may be making or getting ready to make. It might expose more about my feelings or response than I'd like to reveal. I'm a big eye roller. That's a problem. And for that matter, I know that my face will go into any of 101 expressions that emphatically spell out, I'm shocked. I'm skeptical. I'm annoyed. I am barely tolerating you. I am any of those emotions that I really should just keep private. I'm working on it. But for now, I'm just going to keep rule number three in mind as much as I can. You can see me. Rule number four, dress like it matters what you're wearing. Now, I don't mean you got to do a three-piece suit. In the COVID-colored world of Zoom, every day is Casual Friday. But Casual Friday does not mean that t-shirt left over from the 90s or the bathrobe that is just too cozy to ever get out of. I got news for you. Eventually, you're going to have to find a reason to get out of that bathrobe. It's for your own good. Remember the days before this nutty new normal? When we'd get up in the morning and get dressed and go out into the world, remember? And you know, sometimes when you'd put something on, something that was your color or a great fit or for whatever reason just made you feel fabulous, totally pulled together, invincible. That is what a great piece of clothing can do for your sense of, I don't know, your sense of self-esteem. It's like armor. Maybe how the gladiators felt or the knights. Man, I feel like I could slay a dragon in this. Anyway, certain clothing has a way of changing how your body feels, and that translates to how your brain feels. Sharper, focused, or at the very least, more on task. So if you're flipping open your laptop and pulling the fuzzy collar of your robe closer as you sign in for your Zoom meeting, maybe rethink that. I saw a survey asking whether there should be a dress code on Zoom. It gave me pause as though we'd need a dress code before we sign on in some professional capacity. I mean, pants or no pants, sweats, leggings, whatever, that end doesn't really matter as long as you don't forget and jump up and go get the, oh my God, I'm not wearing pants. I've heard that's a recurring dream theme for a lot of people. All I'm saying is don't let that happen to you. 
But beyond the stuff nightmares are made of, what you wear can speak volumes about how much you care. Even if every day is casual Friday, you still don't want to look like it doesn't matter. And if you're going to have a pajama day, do it when you don't go on Zoom. On to rule number five, which could be, if you can avoid a distraction during the Zoom call, do it. You've probably seen some of the video clips of cute or funny interruptions during what should have been serious screen time. A cat walking between the nuclear arms expert and his camera during a TV interview. A noisy toddler bursting into the room as his father was broadcasting an important news update. Cute and funny once it's all over social media, but at that moment, for that dad or that cat owner, mortifying. And maybe not so great for people trying to maintain credibility for their organizations. I do Zoom yoga. I've told you that before. And now Ruby has taken to thinking that if I'm down on the ground, it must be because I want to play. I don't want to play, Ruby. I want to do some stretches and poses and relax for an hour. But she's got other ideas. So she paws at me to get my attention, or she walks over me, literally over me, again and again, like a three-year-old clamoring for my focus. She is insistent, and I try to maintain my yoga zen until I have to get up and coax her out of the room, shutting the door behind her. Now, mind you, I could have closed the door to begin with, but she's exactly the spoiled dog child who will stand outside the door crying. At least most of my Zooming is done at a desk. And just when I think she's not a problem, she comes over and even though I am fully ignoring her and continuing with the discussion about whatever it's about, suddenly she's got her front legs on my lap and she's reaching up to lick my face and I'm trying to dodge her while I'm getting her down and I get a private message from another woman on the call saying, I love your puppy and I have a moment of feeling busted. And then I think, here's the other thing about Zoom that's important to remember. Rule number six except that it's not going to be perfect. Even once you've mastered the mic and mute, the camera, controlling your facial expressions, remembering social norms, dressing for the call, corralling your dogs and cats and kids and other intrusions, you could still lose your Wi-Fi in the middle of the call. Maybe the handbook will help. If we can share it and get everybody to agree with a few simple rules, and if we can work on finding a place of acceptance that this new normal is a little more haphazard than the old normal, and this Zoom thing should continue to work for us so we can continue to work and conference and do painting classes and yoga and workshops and seminars and meetups. The way I see it, Zoom may not be perfect, but what is these days? Plus, imperfect Zoom is better than no Zoom at all. To hear more from the Coping with COVID series and other assorted episodes, subscribe to the It's Me, Cindy podcast, where it's just me, Cindy, trying to have some fun and make sense of this life we're living. Happy Zooming.